But you know, it's something about those street level guys, especially when they get out of their element. You know, you think about Avengers Endgame or Infinity War or whatever. Yes, we were all excited when Doctor Strange was using his magic and whatever and blah, blah, blah. But you stood up out your seat when you saw Captain America come box Thanos. All right. That's fair. That is a good ass point. (laughs) (laughs) You damn right I did. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, everyone? How is everyone doing today? It is what day is it? I don't know, actually. <laughs> How are you doing today? How are you doing? Good, I'm doing good, actually. I went to the gym this morning, so I worked out. I hadn't been in a couple of days, so that felt really good. Mm. And I'm just relaxing right now. I'm ready, I'm ready to talk some comics, you know. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do it. This has been a an interesting week, you know. It, ha- it has, <laughs> you know, um, the X books are are starting to ramp up with X of Swords, and that's getting mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, DCs, we still don't know what's going on, sister. Yeah, there's, there's, there's some stuff. I, you know, Three Jokers is going on right now, actually. That has that's. Leaves no room for me. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like I'm going to read it eventually. Okay. Um, I've heard like mixed reviews. Like I've seen some people saying good things about it. I've seen some people saying bad things about it. I think for me, especially like when it comes to comic events, as much as I might trash them or I like cancel it, it doesn't need to happen. If it happens, I'm a comic book fan at the end of the day. I'm more than likely going to read it. It's just more of a matter of when, especially if it's, stuff i'm not particularly interested in batman and the joker just wow let's take it back let's let's give us nothing (laughs) (laughs) wow give us nothing so it's like i'm pretty sure it it's a dc event i mean it has red hood in it i love the red hood jason todd is like my everything oh Oh. he is is, we love him for his angst we love him for his angst you know he is great and um he's in it he does some stuff i did see a spoiler for something that happened it was apparently very big um yikes between yeah very and there were two actually there was the first one which was kind of yikes and then there was another one which was also yikes that involved that girl um oh no i hope that isn't anything that i could (laughs) that i could speculate jeez Uh, haven't they put her through enough I won't talk about it just in case there is anyone listening who is reading it and like hasn't read the issue just yet. Um, yeah. Especially because I don't really, you know, I can't talk about it too much because I'm not reading it. Um, but the only DC book I'm reading right now is Legion of, of Superheroes, and by only book I mean it's the last book because I'm dropping it. <laughs> <laughs> Legion of Superheroes number nine just came out, and I I love like sci-fi and superhero stuff so like any kind of mixing of that is so my jam right so legion of superheroes has always been like kind of a corner of dc that i've been a fan of Mm -hmm. the lead the legion and green lantern like that whole space power kind of area is something i i really love but this (laughs) (laughs) 
it's, it's, it's written by Brian Bendis and it has an assortment of artists, right? Okay. Oh, so Ryan Every, Slip doesn't do like every issue no so these past two issues uh legion of superheroes number eight and nine it's been this like trial of the legion you know bendis loves to put the kids on trial for something he loves a trial he loves a trial so uh they have he had an artist draw a different artist draw each page of the books and i will give him that if there's one thing bendis is gonna do he's gonna put an artist on Okay. I feel like he I feel like he really does like does research and stuff and tries to put artists really In give the them some recognition. Yeah. I agree with that. He he's he's really good. It's, and especially when he finds an artist who he works very well with, mm-hmm. he like takes them everywhere with him. Yeah, yeah. But this is just so currently in the Legion nothing is really happening. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like Bendis can have this thing of where he can give characters this, these personalities, mm-hmm. but then they become a little too tropey sometimes. Okay. Uh, where yes. it's very like, you know, um, everyone can crack the same kind of joke. So everyone's a comedian <laughs> in, oh. in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand that this current, like there was a whole rebirth and this was a part of that rebirth. Like it was a whole reboot for the Legion. And I get that you have to give characters like a fresher background or whatever you want to do with that. But like, I feel like those kind of rebooted elements should be told through the story, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. not, and not via everyone sitting around have recalling memories. So oh. he he has everyone quote unquote on trial, and everyone is literally get, standing up and just telling their side of the story. So not even not even telling their side of the story, like just saying where they were from, <laughs> and then oh. <laughs> <laughs> like 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 they like say they say where they're from and like what what world and everything they came from, and they give a little background on them, but it's that's it. I mean, but you know that that could be a thing with Bendis a lot of his work, he, and and I say this as a fan of Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, um, me too, for sure. I think Bendis is one of those guys where he is when he's good, he's great, especially with like teen heroes. He is, like, yeah. He he does some really great young hero stuff. I think a big problem that I've seen. So I was reading Young Justice. Okay. Um, which he also, was written, also by writing by him. Also, he's also writing that. And, you know, the first few, few issues were, like, really good. And then, kind of like you say, it was nothing was happening. And then the things that were happening were very confusing. And I think it's just an issue with DC as a whole. Their entire timeline is just, I don't even know. I don't think they know. <laughs> no. um, and I don't think anyone's tried to figure it out. And, you know, there have been a lot of rumors swirling and articles about how there were always kind of two factions of DC. There was the half that wanted to go with the new rebirth continuity and just like full steam ahead. And then you had the other half that was trying to get like pre-rebirth continuity back because, you know, they had lost a lot of those characters like Wally West and um, yeah. Mia Dearden. Yeah. And so, you know, some of them have come back. Wally has come back. The reception to that has not been... You know, I mean, I, I am. I am <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow! I mean, the way they the way they are trying to bring him back is. You know, I am not a Flash fan by any means. I don't really see it for speedsters. I think that power in general is just kind of like, ugh. so they are 
really hit my radar, but I know Wally West because I'm a huge fan of Teen Titans. Um, yeah. All of it. And so seeing what's being done to him, it's just kind of like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like who hates this guy for real though <laughs> and why do you hate him so much you know if it yeah. was Barry sure I can understand Barry's awful um, fair but like what, what, what has Wally done to us you know other than be the premier Flash for so many people I always associate him as the Flash he was my favorite Flash Barry's boring I mean Barry's yes. like wow talk about yeah. a snooze fest and it's just so when i see things like that you know what bendis is doing on young justice and legion it's just kind of like i feel like they're all just treading water because we don't really know what's happening no one knows what's happening they're all just up in the air and yeah. i know dc is supposed to have the new event coming up soon endless winter um i haven't read too much about what it's about but i know one of the promo pieces had a lot of pre-continuity characters on it uh for pre-rebirth continuity characters on it oh wow so it's yeah i think it's supposed to be something about they're bringing the timelines back or they're merging or it's a new i don't know i don't know it's a new reboot dc loves to reboot is this their secret wars are they trying to mash the universes together or something or you know hope i don't even know i don't even know if it's a good idea at this point i think dc i do think they need a reboot just because yeah. they have kind of messed everything up so much. Um, but I feel like if they give another reboot, don't do the whole thing of what they always do is they start all the stories over from the beginning. Yeah. It's like we see the Justice League forming. We see all these people becoming heroes. We see the, we know. We, we see, see Wonder story. Woman leave, you know, the mascara for the first, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like, we got it. We have seen it 150 times. Reboot your universe, but put us like 10 years into it or something and like just go from there so you can still tell us new exciting stories um and we'll see you know they got rid of didio which was they did that was a moment yeah (laughs) i I feel like he was the one that was kind of preventing a lot of the growth that was going on that we would like to see with ntc i had seen that he did he say something about like not liking Nightwing or? Uh... He's he's very he's very anti like sidekick, yeah, teen heroes and all of them. Um, he was very much I love Silver Age characters. I think they are the best. I don't want these sidekicks to kind of like take over the roles, and I don't like them. And that's why he kept putting them back, which is weird to me because DC is one thing they do well is sidekicks, and you know, and yeah growing those characters up to have them form new mantles or take over whoever um that's one thing that i've actually always liked about their company it doesn't feel the stagnant you know especially with the marvel teens they kind of get stuck in whatever mode for however long yeah and, they never really let them grow too far yes unless they unless they find some reason to have you know a time travel thing where the future then comes back into the present or something and even then it's turned into a which one do the fans like more? <laughs> and, that, and that's the one we'll keep around. <laughs> exactly. Mm. So, I don't know. We'll see. I don't... I think right now with DC, it's just Legion, Young Justice, all that stuff. <sighs> Whatever. It's there. Yeah, it's there. Uh, three Jokers, I think. Beautiful it's... book. Beautiful book, Legion of Superheroes, by the way. They all do have the some artists. really great artists over there. Fantastic. There was this uh, Janet Friesen page of The White Witch, which I think is so dope. She's uh, amazing. Her cover. She is she is awesome. Yeah. 
uh, I'd love to get something, see some stuff of her more on the Marvel yeah. side. That 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 X Men red that she did with the uh, with Jean in the front was my phone background for quite some time. <laughs> I believe that actually no, that storm piece was my yeah. Because that, 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 storm, that storm costume is everything, too. So It really is. That black costume, is, I think, is her best. Definitely. Okay, so <laughs> next we had, on the Marvel side, Shang-Chi, number one. I liked it. I did, too. I um, thought that... I, I thought that it was a little fast, and I don't know if, it, mm-hmm. if the writer kind of knew that it was... Uh, going to be a mini series or not but it kind mm-hmm. of the pay the pacing of it kind of felt very quick okay um what'd you think I, I can see that a little bit i think um i felt it was a decent intro to shang chi you know you got a lot about his history where he is currently we got really decent action scenes i enjoyed the art i think it was very kinetic and moved really well i think it would if you're someone who's interested in shang chi then it's something you should definitely pick up i feel like if you're not interested in the action type of stories that involve him mm-hmm. then it might not be your jam but i just feel like if you have any type of inkling of oh this is a character i want to get to know this is someone who i'd like to know a little bit more about or just see what they actually do because again, Shang-Chi is one of those characters where I think he's typically in like team books or he guest stars in something. So you don't know yeah. too much about his solo stories. It's like, who are his villains? Who does he fight? What's his motivation? Um, and I think this is a great way to kind of get into that. That really gave that for me, because I was not the biggest Shang-Chi fan. You know me, I am, mm-hmm. when it comes to like the levels of of superheroes and it's the street level yeah. and then the super powered and then the cosmic, you know, yeah. I'm in that super powered level. <laughs> you know, I don't really I like I like it. I like to stay up there. I don't really go down to the street level characters. So I, I don't know too much about Shang-Chi other than the times that he guest starred in books yeah. or he taught um, you know, martial arts to Spider-Man or something like that. I've I've seen the the moments where he's done cool things like that, but I don't know too much about his history. So this was cool to see like the whole, you know, see it all five different the five different uh heads of the of like that this is magic clan or whatever I thought that was really cool yeah i like the way that they really mixed the magic and martial arts and mm-hmm. also i'm not really that big of a magic fan <laughs> and see and that's where we differ on a lot of things because you know me i'm i'm an action guy like <laughs> right <laughs> i'm here to fight okay like i want to see it i want to do it like and then you know i really like magic stories as well so yeah. i always feel as though when i can get a really good mix of street level action a little bit of supernatural magic in there it just like works for me so characters like shang chi iron fist they've always been up there in my books to read and enjoy shang chi he hasn't had as many opportunities to say an iron fist has so i was super excited when this one got announced and it's just because there was a lot of things that i had either forgotten about his history or had maybe glazed over and like because i haven't reread too much with him in however long it was a nice refresher it was definitely great i think it's a good thing. Pick it up again. If you're interested in Shang-Chi, if you like action, it's all there. I think yeah. he's I got a movie coming sure. out. So for sure. This is definitely it. in promo for that. So Okay. <laughs> and if this I mean, if his movie is anything like this, this would be dope. So Exactly. I'm, in, I'm definitely gonna probably read this miniseries and see how it's gonna be. Agreed. So I recommend Agreed. I definitely recommend it. 
Um, the next book that I read was Giant Size X-Men Tribute. So, I mean, we can, that to me is kind of a quick, a quick summary. We all know that story. <laughs> we, we have already been around that story. You know, the X-Men go and save the new X-Men anyway by new, I mean, Storm and uh, we all knew all different crew. They all knew all different crew. They come over and save the original five from Krakoa and all that, you know. Shout but out I to think Krakoa. That, shout out to Krakoa. Okay. <laughs> Keeping the <Yeah>. X-Men <laughs> alive and relevant. <laughs> okay. Doing the work. Doing the work. Uh, because, I mean, really, this was the story back then that ushered in. The, the new wave of the new wave of X Men because again they the were like, got him canceled. They did. <laughs> they did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jean couldn't save them all. She can't hold them back forever. So, <laughs> so they had to cancel it, and this story kind of brought it all back. And I think, personally, I mm-hmm. think I would love to see this as an MCU X Men movie. I think they should just do this. Oh really easy it's like you get all the character beats you can move past the original five leave them there and then i would probably obviously make up some changes to that mm-hmm. i was about to say that all the same no i'd switch it up i'd probably throw betsy in there yeah and probably and, probably, <laughs> <laughs> and take out i'd probably take out uh i don't know banshee or something uh, you take out Banshee? Yeah, I mean, you could throw him in as like, put, just put him on the island already. Would you keep Thunderbird on the team to still be killed, or would you use a different mutant? I'd probably end up using a different mutant and keep Thunderbird around. Okay. Okay. Little just John to switch some, just, you know, yeah, yeah, keep him around. And okay. And just to change the little narrative, I'd also obviously give Polaris her moment, you know. Oh, so Polaris she, is also going to be in the Oh, movie. well, duh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Oh, okay. Is she still, um, still going to get beat by Storm? Uh, there was no beating by Storm. You know, there was a collaboration where um, she, you know, absorbed that lightning and then yeeted Krakoa into space. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and then everybody moved on. Happy in the okay. day. <laughs> so yeah, I think the, the tribute was really cool. It was really awesome to see it drawn by these- Current artists. These, like current artists. Uh, they were all really, really good. Um, uh, I really loved the Jen Bartel. She was the one who did the scene of Polaris throwing uh, Krakoa yeah. in space and she drew it really really beautifully yeah no i agree with that I, I think it was pretty amazing to see a lot of these new artists take on those pages it's also interesting to me because i love a lot of new artists but there's something about those original pages that just yeah. blow everything out of the water i don't know if it's just the coloring the composition how they do it like i would definitely always take a lot of those original pages over some of the current updated art. Yeah, I think it's just, they really had a way of like setting up a scene and kind of really portraying like the, the like the levity of it all. Yeah. I really, I, really, I liked that. Uh, I think now though, the art is more bold and realistic looking. And I think that's also really, really cool. 
Yeah, tons of fantastic artists out right now. For sure. So it seems as though you read Falcon and Winter Soldier. What is going on over there? So you know, you know, I You know, again, I don't I don't get down over there. (laughs) (laughs) So this is what I tell people. You know, I get it. Everyone loves these superpowers. We are reading comic books, it's a visual medium. You want to see all those exciting things. But you know, it's something about those street level guys, especially when they get out of their element. You know, you think about Avengers Endgame or Infinity War or whatever. Yes, we were all excited when Dr. Strange was using his magic and whatever and blah, blah, blah. But you stood up out your seat when you saw Captain America come box Thanos. All right? That's fair. That is a good ass point. (laughs) (laughs) You damn right I did. (laughs) When you see those street level physical characters coming and just getting down and like, yeah, I'm about to punch Galactus in the face. You, you gotta you gotta you gotta give them a little you gotta give them a little praise you ha- and so they're, they're at least out there they're out there and they're not scared and hey i respect that you gotta yeah. love them so um so Falcon and Winter Soldier is going on right now um you know this book came out in lieu of the show um mm-hmm. which got delayed of course and it's basically a team up of Bucky and Sam and they are being a tracked down by some young killer guy. He's actually already beat them once in the first or second issue it was. And now they're like tracking him down to go and find him to find out who he's working for. And they're also trying to find the new Hydra Supreme. Ooh, and okay. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun, like little action street level stuff again. That's my jam, that's who I am. <laughs> I, I like this issue a lot. They both actually put back on their um, Captain America outfits. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which was just like really nice to see. Uh, Falcon Cap is one of the best things that's ever happened in the entire world. If you have not <laughs> go off, run, okay, like I'm just being real here. Like Bendis, I'm sorry, not Bendis. Uh, Reminder, he did that when he made All right. Sam Cap, and then Nick Spencer came and continued the story, which is honestly some of the best stuff I've ever read. I think he did a great job at grounding Sam. And, you know, putting the politics in him being Cap, this Black Captain America, how he was received by the people, um, how he reacted, how he went to continue to try and help marginalized people. He also, you know, got his own Falcon sidekick and he got a new Patriot. That was a different run, though. It's not as great. So (laughs) 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 that was when he went back to being Falcon, though. So it's like we can skip that. and it's just a really good book. I, I don't honestly think the writer has the greatest grasp of the character voices. Who's um, it is Andy Lanning. Okay. And it's it's cool. It's it's fine. Again, it's it's it it feels like a show for I mean it feels like a book for the show. Like something okay. they had to put out was- as a promo. Bucky and well, Bucky hasn't been absent. Sam has been absent from the books for quite a while, and Bucky's been popping up here and there, like he popped up in the Black Widow book. Uh, he had the little yeah. mini series with Hawkeye where they were teaming up for a lot of stuff. So it's cool. It's a really good book. I, again, if if action books, those type of characters are your jam, if you ever want to just read something fun that's good, I say pick it up. Is it an ongoing or a mini? It's a mini series. It's only five issues. Oh, cool. Okay. This was issue three. Um, so, like I said, this one, they kind of track down the guy who is trying to kill them. 
they put on their cap suits, they also find out that the killer himself is like a huge Captain America fan. So oh, he, okay. he's actually like obsessed with both of them. Oh, that's really dope. Yeah. So like when they find him, when yeah, when they find him in their cap suits, he's like, oh my God, you guys look amazing. Like <laughs> it's like really cute. So yeah, that's, it's, that's it's, cute. Nice, it's a nice little book. Maybe I might check that out. I I you do should. like Falcon. I do like Falcon. Again, again, like I said, the action folks are where it's at. We all love when Doctor Strange uses his powers against Thanos. Thanos, yes, but yes. when Steve Rogers comes up to box him, that's when you get up out your seat. You're right. You are you are absolutely right. I, <laughs> I did. Because, <laughs> I'm not gonna because, lie, I did. You know, it's like I was watching um I was watching the first Avengers movie the other day and it was the scene of black widow and cap fighting the um what were the aliens names chitari yes the chitari they were on the bridge just fighting the chitari and you know black widow takes one of their little energy spears and she's just going to work and i'm just like yeah like this is what you like to see like of course (laughs) you see thor flying around electrocuting things and it's like okay cool boom that's a lot of big damage that's pretty but it's like when you get down to the street that's All right, where the yes, real right, work yes. is being done. That is where <laughs> the real work is being done. Take them to the streets. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the other book that came out was Avengers thirty six. I have been off Avengers for quite some time. So, uh, so <sighs> <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea what's even going on over there. I couldn't, I couldn't deal anymore. (laughs) My thing with Avengers. Um, Avengers feels very episodic. You know, Jason Aaron, every arc is kind of telling its own centralized story. So you don't necessarily have to pick up every issue. So it's like, I really like Blade, Moon Knight, She-Hulk. There are specific arcs focusing on those characters. So I can just go and pick up those arcs. I don't have to pick up the entire book. So this current arc is focusing on Moon Knight. Oh, oh, I know you love him. Moon Knight's like top three for me, okay? So wow. I didn't know yeah. he was that high, okay. Yeah, oh yeah, I love me some Moon Knight. We're gonna, we'll talk about okay, that. Okay, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, when this arc first got solicited, I was like super excited. I was like, oh my God, Moon Knight's about to have his moment because at the time when it got solicited, I was enjoying Avengers. I think it was actually like during the Blade arc or something with vampires. So I was like, oh, Moon Knight's about to come in and have his moment. It's going to be great. It's going to be really interesting. Um, and now the story is going, and it's just kind of like, oh, my gosh. Um, it's not bad. I think <laughs> I think Mooney has a lot of really good moments in it. I think you said this before. It feels like it's just set up for an MCU movie or an yeah. MCU storyline. Um, so there's a lot of big stuff happening but it doesn't really feel like it'll matter in the long run. Yeah, like it's just, it, <clears throat> if it's anything like the arcs that I had read earlier when this Avern- yeah. Avengers were in first kind of started, mm-hmm. that all felt like, okay, these are, these feel like scenes that you want to like have in an MCU yeah, movie. Exactly. It doesn't feel like an actual story that you're telling me here. Exactly, you know, it's... um. It's just like this. It's almost like he's like getting panels of it, so then they have references already. Like exactly, yeah. Like it's 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 a a good it's a good popcorn story. 
Yeah. You know, it's just like if you just want to read something fun, cool. I think at the, so the end of this issue, I'm going to spoil it, guys. So at the end of this issue, the Phoenix arrives. And oh, ciao. <laughs> <laughs> and the Phoenix uh, kind of merges with <laughs> Moon Knight Conchu. And it's just like, the, the, I always think back to that panel of Betsy and Rachel stuck in the white hot room during Chris Claremont's uncanny reload era. And Rachel's like, we're in the white hot room, the heart of the Phoenix. And Betsy gets so annoyed. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like does everything have to revolve around that bloody bird? And it's just Ooh. like, any time the Phoenix is mentioned, that's how I feel. You know what? And, and Aaron <laughs> loves the Phoenix. And Aaron loves the Phoenix. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong. I think, again, like, from a comic standpoint of just, like, a big, fun story, it works. It's, like, great. Like, it's, like, oh, shit. Like, Moon Knight is merging with the Phoenix. Like, what is this about? This looks really cool. Um, but, man, do I not want to read about the Phoenix anymore. I couldn't <laughs> agree more. And I am... The very first comic I ever read was the Phoenix Saga. The oh, very okay. first sing the very first single issue I ever read was X Men One Thirty Seven, and um, so and I've always been you know bef before my recent transition over to you know Team Green Hair with Polaris, Jean <laughs> was my girl. So like I've always I know what the Phoenix stories and all that kind of stuff. But God damn, <laughs> yeah. is it tired now? And I, I, I think I'm, I think I'm becoming like not a fan of the Phoenix Force, like just leave it, I mean, leave it in a box and just lock it away. <laughs> I think they've just gone so far away from what it was originally supposed to be, yeah, um, or what the concept of it was. It's everyone's had it now. It's, it's, it's just like, did, wasn't that a thing in like AVX? No more Phoenix. Yes, yeah, it was a thing, but then they it, brought it back because they wanted to bring Gene back. John. Don't start. Don't. <laughs> it was her time. She needed to come back. Okay. You know, I still can't tell you what happened in that book. The return of Jean Grey. That's what's all that's important. Like, and she turned still, the Phoenix Force away. Still can't tell you what happened. And I'm pretty sure we've like talked about it. <laughs> and I had you <laughs> explain to me what happened in it. And I just. I don't know. It's, it's just not sticking. Like, th th that, that was okay. Yeah, but the Phoenix was in the Avengers. When I, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Phoenix popped up in the Avengers. Um, again, it's a nice popcorn story. Um, it's giving Moon Knight some moments. He like fought Black Panther this issue. Uh, which was That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, I was gonna say that was pretty cool. But I mean, Black Panther beat him, but as he should. He, go, he did. He didn't go though. You know. <laughs> I'm not going to start that either. <laughs> it, it's it's cool. Um, I do think that once this arc is done, though, I'm definitely not getting the next one, which I think oh. again will focus on the Phoenix. Oh yeah, I wouldn't be want to be bothered with that. The Phoenix, in my opinion, should be about like resurrection and life and death, mm -hmm. and uh, just like cosmic being. And yeah. I don't think that it should just be this like omnipotent power thing that like people use to cause mass destruction. <laughs> it's just <swerving laughs> it's too much. Everybody. Yeah. Um, and speaking of resurrection, let's do it. And X Factor number four. 
written by Leo Williams. (laughs) 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 You know, I, if I didn't love Polaris, this would probably be my last one too. I think I might try to come back whenever it comes back around because I guess they are going to be taking a break uh, until December. Yeah. I think what happened was, um, since they only had that one part in X of Swords, it just skipped a month. Yeah. Um, this book, this book was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I feel like as, as, as a Polaris stand, the re- the resident Polaris stand here, you would okay. think I would be super excited about the book giving her a lot of focus, which it was awesome to see. However, this book felt like it was written by someone who doesn't really know a lot of history about the X-Men and was just okay. writing a story. Okay. If, why would Polaris care that much about Rockslide dying? Oh yeah, that was weird. That was weird. <laughs> why? Um, and in my opinion, if you wanted to make it a a a moment with her, you have to actually use her history. And she mm-hmm. was a survivor of Genosha. If you, all you really, really had to do was make some kind of mention of that, where she just mm-hmm. didn't want this to happen again to another mutant or something, mm-hmm. but it was nothing. She just made her this like, and she was sobbing. Yes, like, it was like she just had her in this like hysterics all the time. Mm-hmm. It's it seemed like Leah like cranked the emotions up to 11 (laughs) and I didn't think she needed to do all of that. Like a lot of these moments felt like she was just doing way too much. So, you know, I've I've said, so I'll start. I think, I think the issue transitioned nicely. Yes, Especially from um, that last one. I think it continued the story in a pretty decent way. We got what's going on. I'm glad that we're kind of out of the whole what are the swords? Da, 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 da. Like the people know what swords they need to get. They're going to get them. Um, yeah. We're about to get into quest mode and like go from there. Again, Leah's writing for me is just very heavy-handed sometimes. Very. Um, there's not a lot of finesse, like you said. That whole scene with Rockslide and how she felt about him, it could have just been handled in a different way to make you feel like, oh, okay, like. I understand why she's uh, so upset about this right now. It's just kind of like she's carrying around this head and it's just like a little creepy. And then she uses his remains to like make this memorial. That's like, that's kind of morbid. Um, <laughs> I thought that too. It was a little, a little weird. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's kind of like, damn. And it could have been explained in a way that made it work. You know, she is this woman she's the survivor she's seen all these people die even when she was on x factor you know and like monet died and stuff like that like she's seen her team and people who she's supposed to be watching go and it's just like oh no it's rock slide and i love the new x-men same the academy kids are great you know i'm a hellion stan yeah like okay they're here though that is the team and we're gonna talk about them a little bit later too um i'm not crying like that over rock slide <laughs> no, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if like Polaris, like she has no connection to him, why was she doing all of that for? Just, just like, rock slide. Nothing. It was just. Um, and then the art. Carlos Gomez, I think, did the art for this issue. Yeah. Um, I feel like I don't know if it was a part of Leah's script or just 
you know, the way he was drawing, a lot of the transitions just didn't really feel that great to me. Uh, there was like the scene when Rockslide first gets resurrected and like you kind of think he's going to attack. Yeah. And then he just stands there and we just kind of like cut to everybody talking and having a normal time. And then even when like the cradles all malfunction, you thought it was going to be something way more serious than just like, oh, that one backup of or that one file of Rockslide has been corrupted forever. It was just kind of like uh, there were just a lot of things that I didn't really love about the writing yeah i was gonna say that's like more of a, a writing issue because like the finesse just was not there i just i don't and i don't know if that is just because maybe she just isn't that type of writer maybe she's yeah. just more of a, a, a storyteller yeah. but um i feel like for this kind of event and for these kind of characters you have to have that finesse otherwise mm-hmm. you could swap them out for anybody like you, you have to have some kind of history and background there. Otherwise, it feels like anybody could have been there. This, I felt like the only reason that this was only even Polaris was because um, Saturnine put the message in her head via like electromagnetism, which I thought was yeah. really cool. Uh, but I did I don't enjoy know. the um, I did enjoy the mini X Factor reunion of the issue, though. Um, Monet, Siren, Polaris, Richter all kind of being around each other and talking. That yeah. was nice. Yeah, I wish I wish that there was just a little bit more of the of like of that history like you just said with them like yeah. being around each other that there was just more acknowledgement of that, you know? Like Yeah. I agree with that. I think that's something that the X-books have been oh a lot of comic books in general have been lacking lately. And I am all always going to be about like moving characters forward new interactions and like seeing new people together but i do feel like when you are making these small callbacks to things like it's nice to like give some type of nod like actually have them talk about this before you know like richter just died monet's died a couple of times now hey, yeah i know what you're going through that would have been a nice moment but um i'm also again, just feeling like her her characterization of some of the characters in this book was were off for me. Like I did, I did not like her Emma. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I understood me. her motivations for Emma. Like that is something. The, the motivation rang true. Like Emma would absolutely be upset about a student dying. She loves kids. There, that's what she does. It's what she's great at. I mean, kind of. They tend to die a lot around her, but. it is what it is Um, well but you know she does love the kids so it's like you expect her to have some type of reaction i felt like her reaction was written more hysterically than you would expect emma to react yeah um she was like oh my god isn't like does no one care about the children she's like raising her voice slamming her hand down like when has that's not really emma to me like she's very focused in her fury like you know she's pissed but she's cutting she's angry she's like giving you just like little snide comments here and there um or she's, she's just not digging the one into to... you completely completely yeah um she's not the one to get all loud and crazy like that you know someone mentioned that that would have been a really good reaction from kitty probably not the same type of dialogue obviously but you know just hysterical loud snide bratty abrasive yelling at Xavier, because what else does she do best? Professor Xavier is a jerk. (laughs) Um, You know, so something like, and you know, she was a headmistress too, so she would 
hopefully care about the kids somewhat. So it was just Yeah. I don't know. I also it? felt like her Lorna was weird. I don't know. It it felt super off because when has Lorna ever been this like self-hating, I want to fade away person? Yeah. That's never been her <laughs> ever. Yeah, and it's weird for such like she set up this like, you know, nod to say she didn't even really know who Polaris was in issue one mm-hmm. when her and Magneto had their talk and she was like, you know, hey dad, how would you describe, describe me? Describe personality. And yeah. yeah. So I get that she was basically trying to say, you know, I don't even really know Polaris's personality. We're just gonna figure it out. But right. that to me means like she isn't a new character. <laughs> like <laughs> she ain't brand new. <laughs> just go back and like read some of that old shit, girl, right. <laughs> and figure it out. I don't know where you got this whole like, oh, um, I just want to fade away sometimes if I if I feel like I'm doing really poorly. She Yeah, that was weird. You know, uh when when Giant Size X-Men Gene and Emma came out, Hickman gave this interview where he talked about telepaths and how mm-hmm. he feels that he feels that mutants in general their powers really affect how they kind of move like move through the world and how they experience life mm-hmm. and he felt like telepaths would end up becoming either really open and emotional like gene or closed and cut off like you know emma or betsy just okay. because of the way that their minds work they have that much access to it either make you really open to people and you want to help them or you don't want to be bothered with them because you know they're in the way they are inside. And I feel like (laughs) I would obviously (laughs) be the former. (laughs) (laughs) And I I feel like that kind of thinking can actually be applied to a lot of other characters. And I do feel like with Lorna, she is very much that push and pull. Mm. There's this dichotomy of her, of Mm -hmm. uh, strong and uncompromising and sometimes willing to take it there you know she's yeah. not afraid to to <laughs> to, yeah. to let loose if she needs to and sometimes the opposite side of that is where she is unsure of herself but she's never one to just kind of fade away she is yeah. more to kind of rise to the occasion and she is not just gonna even like when come the, cry baby. <laughs> even like when Genosha was destroyed you know she was lashing out she was distraught she was crying Jean and them had to kind of bring her back down, but she was like building monuments to yeah Magneto. She was still very much like, we are here, we are thriving, we are not disappearing. So I agree to say, oh yeah, I kind of wish I had fade away. The only time I can really ever think of a depressed Polaris is probably during Milligan's run after- Oh, chap. After the, Hold on. <laughs> Milligan has some decent stuff over there, all right? We're not going to oh, do oh, that to him. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't think of what it is right now, but there was something. His storm was really good. When he did the little crossover with Black Panther issue, like his storm it was, cute, was good. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but, you know, she was kind of depressed, but she had also lost her powers. This was after Destination. Right. And yeah. so, you know, she was like standing in front of the Sentinels, uh, telling them like to step on her or something like that. It was weird. Or no, she was actually talking about how she, she hoped that if she had put herself in a dangerous enough situation that her powers would return. Yeah. So it's like, even when she's sad, she's still like, 
I gotta do something I'm, about this. I gotta do something about this. So I don't know where you this gotta whole, see like, me. <laughs> okay, I don't know where <laughs> this whole like crying hysterics over some mutant she's never met <laughs> came from. <laughs> like they have, they've been around each other in the past, I'm sure. But even while she, even while he was being killed, her back was turned. She wouldn't yeah. even have even known that the <laughs> that he was cut by that sword. So that made I don't know. It just felt off for me. And she spent like this the majority of the book just being sad crying. and like yeah. crying. And I felt like that was weird for some people. This may be their first time with her because she mm. wasn't really prominent in a lot of these books previously. And so for for baby. for the people who you know this is your first time. This is not how she is. Okay. <laughs> Lorna's a crazy gal, all right? No, she, she is not. Time. She is a great time. She is not this like crying, whatever. I, I will say this book for me, I didn't like it. I like the art. I actually was a fan of, okay. of the way that he drew uh, Polaris and a lot of the uh, other characters, actually. I like the way that he drew the figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the saving grace for the book for me was Polaris's speech at, at the, the end. end. Yeah, otherwise <laughs> this would have not been good at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, like, I think Leah's writing to me is just very heavy handed. So it always kind of takes me out of the story. I still think that it was a really nice transition and I'm excited to get to the rest of the story and some other people's yeah, for sure. interpretations of it. Um, I loved, again that we are set up past like we know who needs what swords they need to go get them so we can keep this moving um i what did you think about the prophecies oh okay so there's one that i think for sure that i nailed down okay (laughs) okay okay Okay, one of them was the the warlock prophecy obviously like that one was obvious yeah most definitely. About Warlock for sure being a sword. But yeah. the portion of it that said, out of one comes many, into many comes one, mm-hmm. makes me feel like that out of one comes many portion is Phalanx infecting Krakoa. And mm. I think that, or or some other, some area, some other area, but yeah. I think he's going to infect and repopulate and make a more warlocks oh. and like more of the more of that technarchy and he then is going to get uh i think the magus is going to come back his like father and i think that'll be like a thing do you think this is the start of some of the collective stuff that we saw in hawkspox i think yes and i think it's mm-hmm. i think i don't know if that's going to be like the big big story probably not i think probably moira would be the big big story Agreed. but i do think that this and kind of what we saw in Giant Size Storm, with mm-hmm. with you know hit, uh, Doug and uh, at the end of it being able to kind of communicate with that machine. Yeah. I think I think that the whole machines are rising portion is definitely going to be this big event that I think is probably going to be happening next year. I can see that. I didn't know that too, and it could work because you know um, Tom Taylor is supposed to be coming back and doing an event with Marvel. Oh, X Men is involved in. And because I, I like remember, him fan. I think it's supposed to be like something broad, but I remember that they're bringing something about Iron Man in it and Emma. Oh, cool. There's oh, I think this uh, is, that's the Dark Ages, right? That uh, is that, is that what his, that is? Yeah, that he's doing a, uh, a basically an, another Elseworlds story where 
all of the electricity. (laughs) (laughs) You know how they be setting him up. Tom Taylor is a fantastic writer, but they just always just tell him to write. It's weird. It's weird. And it's like, is he pitching these? Does he not want to do like main universe stuff? Or is it just, I always wonder if he's good at. I wonder if he just likes the freedom of the Elseworlds stuff because there you can do anything. anything he made you Black want Canary to. a Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, go crazy. Do whatever you want to do. So I think in that story, like something happens with the electricity. I think it all goes out or something like that. So yeah. Never mind. That's over. That's canceled. So machine <laughs> event. Yeah. I'm here for <laughs> Rise yes. of the Rise of the Machines. Um, I agree. Yeah, I, that, that would that's the one prophecy I do think I think is gonna happen. What about you? Do you have any um I don't really have I didn't dig too much into the prophecies. So honestly, the big part of the issue for me that I was stuck on was the resurrection protocol and how it is now messed up. And if you that well Otherworld corrupts your file. So if you die in Otherworld, it pretty much means you're basically going to get a new death. You're going to get a reset. And obviously that was made for a reason or like that was pinpointed for a reason. So someone else is going to probably die in this event. And I think I've just been kind of trying to figure out who that's going to be. I think Apocalypse is going to die though. The true death. You think, oh, really? Yeah. Um, Apocalypse has obviously been a very huge part of the first year of Krakoa world building. And I feel like in the last few issues of Excalibur, X-Men, creation number one, there was a lot of foreshadowing with characters mentioning how Apocalypse is always sacrificing everyone else. Um, You know, even his kids over in Morocco. It's like he leaves everybody, everybody dies as long as he continues to go and thrive. And I just feel like that's all kind of setting him up to finally meet his end or like he'll finally come to some term to sacrifice himself for other people it could be a switch and he still might not do it because he's just like whatever i don't care i'm alive uh but that's he's one person on my hit list some people have been speculating that betsy's going to die and I don't think I don't think they do. They just brought her back into her white lady body. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I don't think what they... would be the point? <laughs> I don't think they're gonna do that. So, but I could see Apocalypse be receiving the quote unquote true death because mm-hmm. where would you actually end up taking his story from here? Not you know. I've... And I'd be heartbroken because I love Apocalypse. <laughs> uh, no, I know you do. <laughs> oh, man, he's great. He's been. This is the most interested I think I've ever been in him is his, the whole Krakoa yeah. era. Yeah, he's got some horrible stories. Yeah, they be boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's like some good in, in there. Mixed oh yeah, in. for it's, sure. It's, it's just a lot more bad than good. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, all in all, I think, I think this week of books was pretty decent for me. Yeah, it was... Um, it was uh, it was not for me. Let <laughs> 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 I me mean, not even let I me mean, not even lie. It was not. I, X, I was super excited for X Factor, and honestly, the parts about X Factor that I liked were the the obvious parts that had to be included for the story. So, in my yeah. opinion, Chapter Two's the point of Chapter Two was to show that the resurrection protocols were broken and to yeah. get to the and to get to the Ten Swords at the end. 
So yeah. those po- those portions of the story were cool. It was literally just everything else. <laughs> I was not really a fan of. Yeah, I don't. I don't really care for the stuff that she does with the five. Like the way they kind of reacted and just destroyed all the backup eggs. That was a little weird to me. Everyone was just very like hysterical in the book. Yeah, and and it just it kind of just felt odd. Yeah, like. I don't really know what's going on with this going forward, but you know, I I'ma stick around for Lorna Dang. <laughs> no, this this was um this was my last issue, so <laughs> I did remove it from my pool list. I mean, I'll probably still keep up via reviews and like, you know, what Twitter tells me is happening. If I see something that potentially looks really, really interesting, I might pick up an issue. But um yeah, I just I gave it those first three. I said I was going to stay on for this X of Swords tie-in, and yeah. <laughs> you out. <laughs> I'm unsubscribed. So, I'm going to stick around for a little bit, yeah. but ooh, child, we gonna, well, I don't know how More long power it's going to be. to it. If you love the book, <laughs> I'm so happy for you. <sighs> <laughs> on, on that note, let's take a break. <laughs> All right. Right, all right, all right. So um, we had a little bit happen this week. Yeah. News-wise. Week. Yeah. Um, Jamie Foxx was announced to be in Spider-Man 3? Yeah, he's coming back um, to the... To, to put his on, you know, put it, get the green suit on <laughs> and be Electro. Um, well, so apparently I saw some, an article that said he wasn't going to be blue in this movie. Oh yeah, he so when he posted about it, he said specifically like I'm not going to be blue in this one. Oh, that's exciting. So I'm not going to lie to you. I've never seen a single Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie. Damn. Well, um, I mean, <laughs> you, you aren't missing, missing a much. lot. Yeah, <laughs> you are so, really missing a lot. It's just um, a damn Spider-Man movie. <laughs> yeah. So like no, at the time they were coming out, I was just very burnt out on Spider-Man. I did not and, you know, and I say this all the time, I'm not a huge Peter Parker fan. I think um, Spider-Man has fantastic stories. Like, his stories are immaculate. Yeah. I will pick them up, but I have no connection to Peter whatsoever. I, it's, I'm like Black Cat in that way. You know how she's, like, hot for Spider-Man, but she, like... Don't see it for Peter. Like, she thinks he's gross. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> I'm here for that. Like, totally. He's got on the suit. Absolutely. I'm about it. Whenever it's his day-to-day, it's like, no. Um, so I was just like really burnt out on the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man time and I never watched them. And then the clips and things that I have seen of it online, it never really made me want to jump up to go and see it. No, um, I miss so much. So in my opinion, he makes a great, he made a great Spider-Man. Um, his Peter Parker wasn't that great. Hmm. So you're not me. You're not missing. You're really missing much. <laughs> but um, I do think it'd be cool to see Jamie Foxx like back as Electro. I really hope that it's not a multiverse thing because I don't. You know, I don't like <laughs> multiverse. But, like, I feel like that's like, where we're going. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, 
That's like absolutely where we're going. The WandaVision stuff, Doctor Strange, this, we're totally going. The They have the What If animated show coming out. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to hit multiverse and see a lot of the same people in different versions. That to me is fine for like a one and done thing. You know, I don't want this to become like an ongoing, hey, we're always like multiverse hopping. (laughs) Then it takes the excitement out for me. So I I hope that it isn't a a multiverse, whatever. Yeah, I hope he's just playing Electro, like just this version of Electro. And Jamie Foxx was like, I need to check. (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 st- I still got I still got my measurements from my old suit I, I could send it over to y'all and hey I know what a lot is <laughs> I, I, could drive right o- I could drive right over and let's do this okay I'm down for I hope, that I hope it was more of that and not like them trying to make a multiverse thing and bringing old people back just to have them back yeah I can agree with that I'm I mean, also, even like the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, I'm still kind of like, okay. It's, 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 yeah. know, it's, he's it's adorable. Something about, I think he makes a great Spidey. little Spider-Man. He's fantastic Spider-Man. I think he's probably like my favorite of the three. Um, but I just, yeah, it's, it's Spider-Man. It's like, all right, that's cool. He's cool. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. And also in casting, Shout out to her. Miss Marvel was finally announced. Yes, she was. Yes, that's so, awesome. Let me, before we even get into like the casting bit of her, the actress, as a Captain Marvel stan, mm-hmm. you are a Captain Marvel stan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, make that's sure me. we clear that up. How do you <laughs> feel about Miss Marvel? The character? Yes. So, um, not only am I a Captain Marvel fan, I'm obviously an X-Men fan, mm-hmm. but, and I know how we all feel about the Inhumans, but, mm. but Ms. Marvel is one of the few that I actually do like. And for me, I used to read her series, uh, I think the first two volumes that she had, actually, mm-hmm. I was keeping up with all the single issues there. Uh, back when G. Willow with someone was writing her, when she created her. Yeah, shout out and to them. Yeah, for real. I think that was really dope. And she just, for me, felt like the, speaking of Spider-Man, she felt like the Spider-Man for like a newer generation. And mm-hmm. it, but it didn't feel like, you know, forced. It didn't feel like this this random kind of story. It felt very real and authentic. And I kind of kept up with her. However, I ended up falling off of it because I'm still 30. <laughs> okay. or, or about, about about to be I'm about to be 30. So like some of the some of the the stories for me, I'm like, okay, this is clearly not for me. So yeah. <laughs> some of it I couldn't really get up into, but I do like the character. I do like Ms. Marvel and her powers. I like I like when she is not only inspired by Carol, but critical of her mm-hmm. when they do team okay. up sometimes because again. Carol can sometimes be punch first and figure it out later uh, or figure okay. it out while she's punching. And during those team up with, with Ms. Marvel, she is usually called out on that by her. And okay. it makes Carol kind of reassess what she's doing, you know, cause she's like, you know, I'm doing this from this kid, but I need to be more of a role model. So I do like their dynamic and I do like the character. 
do they have like i guess a very close relationship because i feel like even though when kamala was first introduced obviously she was like this huge captain marvel fan but they've also put a lot of emphasis on how she is a superhero fan in general and they make sure she kind of teams up with like all of the other heroes to get that moment with them um i guess you know in terms of would you ever see kamala being in a captain marvel book full time i don't think so because at okay. this point she is very much her own character yeah absolutely um she is she's well i should say a a, a duo book of them like a captain the, and a captain marvel, marvel. Mm-hmm. uh i don't think i actually don't think so because their relationship it started off very like she idolized Carol when she right. actually first, when her powers first emerged, she right. transformed into Carol. Um, when she oh, I do from, remember that. Yeah, when she emerged from her inhuman cocoon, she like transformed into Carol because I think that's what she just wanted to be was her. But I think it became that story of sometimes it's not always best to meet your idols. Mm. And, and Kamala, uh, Kamala got to get closer to Carol, but really see who Carol was. And then that makes her want to Jeez. say, okay, well, maybe I don't need to. Okay, I would have done the same be. thing. <laughs> don't start. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, maybe I don't need to always be like this. I know they, she was not on her side during, you know, that awful event of Civil War II. <laughs> the time. <laughs> you know, and I think that actually all those kids kind of separated themselves from that. They felt like yeah, they, they definitely really were. And so, no, I don't think that they'd ever really have a team up book together. I think when they are brought together now, mm-hmm. it's less of Ms. Marvel kind of idolizing Carol. She does in a way of, she does idolize her in the way that she idolizes every superhero now, mm, but okay. not, not in the way that I think, and I could be wrong, but not in the way that, she initially did where she kind of wanted to be like her. Got it. Got it. Okay. I can I remember that. So I read again, shout out to the team Marvel, everybody who helped bring Kamala to life. I don't think I've ever seen a new character become so popular so fast and jump up. She's in video games. She's got a TV show coming. Yeah. <clears throat> She's got merchandise. She had multiple books. Um, she's been the big Avenger already. You know, she leads the champions. And that's really great for her. Uh, when I read the book, for me, she was one of those characters that was very altruistic in a sense. Like, she yeah. is the embodiment of good. And um, I like a little morally gray every <laughs> now and again. <laughs> um yeah. But I think, and again, it's also kind of like you said, I think a lot of the newer teen heroes that have been introduced are for the younger generation. And it's not to say that we can't appreciate them and the stories that they have, but we also understand that the stories that they have aren't for us. Exactly. And I can appreciate them from a distance. I don't have to be so yeah. involved because they're not actually for me. Yeah, like a lot of those like current champion characters and things like that, I know who they are. I can't tell you too much about them. Yeah, love the diversity of all of them. You know, with really, with it's, it's, it's being like, they, yeah, they did a great job with that, especially forming their little like new trinity of Miss Marvel, Miles Morales, and um, the Nova Kid. Yeah, 
that's a dope little trinity that's really cool and even with the casting they hired uh a pakistani american actress and yeah, i think you is... pronounce her name aman valani yes uh, she i don't really know anything that she's been in um i think she's Same. fairly new to like acting mm. also think it's really cool that they went with a young like kid actress instead yeah. of going older and like trying to make, make her them younger. Scene. yeah yeah i think that's really cool yeah i'm excited for it i mean i'm definitely gonna watch the show um i think all this casting news has been great it just means i'm getting closer to moon Knight. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> definitely. I'm sure. <laughs> I think that'll be, that'll be like if I can get that before the end of the year, like I'll be so happy. Yeah, they gave um, She Hulk and Moon Knight. <laughs> it's just like wow. When, when the stars align. <laughs> so you know, I was telling this to someone else the other day. I was like, you know, I have very lucky faves. Okay. Yes. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Like a lot of my faves get some really good stuff. You know, I was with um, Ten of Swords, Marvel released a little Araco sword bearer thing, get to know them and like who they are. And yeah. I'm an Iska the Unbeaten Stan already. Like she is my number one. She actually should probably join the X-Men once this is all done. You know, her, <laughs> they were saying she's cursed to win. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, if I had a mutant power, I think it would be that I back the winners. You know, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> you, you go up you go up for the girls are gonna wear <laughs> it's just like it's just like they are going places it's it's just I, I maybe i'm the good luck charm for them i don't get any of the good luck myself but it like works for them um but it's just like the you know i got they get lucky they get a lot of good things they get good artists they get good stories they, they i won't lie they get some rough patches every now and again but for the most part it's like hey they thrive and i love they that. do mine on the other hand <laughs> I just be over here, just hope. I just be happy they're there. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like a lot of your faves are already popular, though. That's fair. Yeah, you that's know, fair. You, you know, you got a Jane Grey. It's like, yeah. Except Polaris, yeah. I'm trying. I gotta, I gotta work yeah. to help get people to know who she is yeah, and and fight against this now. <laughs> do you know how long I have been trying to get people on the Dazzler train? You got Ooh. some work to do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so speaking of, you know, the younger heroes, all of these things, there is something that I want to discuss. Yes. That is the new X-Men. And we talked about Rockslide a little bit earlier. And we even when we mentioned DC, we spoke about, you know, how the younger sidekicks finally rise up become their own heroes and i have realized that the new x-men is probably going to be the final young group of kids that i actually invest my time in or that i have invested my time in and okay what a statement all right yeah so um i've just been thinking about you know it was always i, I grew up in the 90s so I, I know new mutants gen x like the back of my hand the new mutants are my like team I'm yeah. the New Mutant Stan. All those characters, those were my young guys. I didn't really care for Generation X outside of like one or two characters. They were just kind of weird or gross to me. Uh, <laughs> like, I just yeah, imagine being on a team with Husk and she's like shedding her skin all over the place and my right. skin is just being himself. Um, they're, <laughs> they're, they're just not for me. Um, but when the new X-Men came onto the scene, you know, Academy X, 
great run by the way if you've never picked it up please do uh, even like the grant morrison kids like that whole little cluster time period has yeah. just a really great bunch and i know a lot of people have been clamoring for them to return especially after this x factor issue where rock slide appeared you know it's like oh my god there's another new x-men he died so they're kind of upset about it and i think about how they've kind of been pushed to the side for all of these other newer, younger groups and Children of the Atom is coming out. Which, are you excited for this book? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, want to, I want to be, I really want to be. But, <laughs> but I'm gonna I go just, ahead and say no. Is, so it, is, just, is it being written by uh, Vita? Ayala, I think that's how you pronounce her name. It is. Is she writing it? I um, want to support her because I think she's dope. They, I'm sorry. Apologies. They, yes. For, uh, mis- they, just as a reminder for everyone, Vita Ayala's pronouns are they, them. Apologies. Uh, they are pretty good. I liked what they did in um, the Prisoner X Prisoner book X. With, with Polaris, Abby. <laughs> and, and I liked- Bishop was in that, so I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, I liked what they did with that. But for me, I'm not excited for Children of the Atom because that should just be the Academy X kids. Why would we bring more kids in when we already have kids? <laughs> so I you know? feel like that. And then also, I feel like during the few announcements and things they've said about the book, it sounds like they're human kids who are like cosplaying as X-Men. And I've heard like some rumors or speculation that people think they'll be chimeras of some sort and they'll get the powers. But I'm just like, I don't want to read about these kids when I have so many other kids that can be utilized right now. And here's my thing with the new X-Men. I actually don't want a new X-Men book. Oh, really? I think, again, that whole cluster of like Grant Morrison era, kids, Dust, the Cuckoos, Hellion, Surge, all of them, I do not want them in their own book. I think they're at the point now where they should be full-fledged X-Men. Oh, right. On yes, teams you understand. with other people. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, they should, like, it's just like when Gentle was on um, X-Men Red, you yeah. know? Um, I don't want to see them being kids anymore because I don't think that class is kids. If I if we're going to get a kid book, that can be the folks like iBoy, Shark Girl, Nature Girl, some of that those Wolverine and X Men, yeah, kids, which which is a group I, kids. yeah, which is a group I kind of associate with like the champions, like they're the younger kids, they're fine, but their stories aren't for me. Um, yeah. I am ready to see those new X-Men kids finally graduate. And I'll never forget, Jordan D. White was on Twitter one day and somebody was asking him about the new X-Men. And he made like some comment. He was like, you know, it's really tough to find places for those characters because you don't want them to replace the X-Men that already exist. And I'm just like, what? Like that's... <laughs> like... <laughs> that's exactly like what just school and life and all that stuff is. And of right. course, you know, you're going to get to this point. Not all of those new X-Men kids are going to take off. They're not all going to be in books. Some of them will fall to the wayside. Some of them are going to disappear. I don't really think anybody is rushing to write Indra, which um, no disrespect to Indra. I think no, cool Mike, character. Great. I think he's got a really interesting visual, but I just don't think anyone's rushing to write him. Um, 
but it's like when you think of like Surge, Hellion, Dust, uh, you know, obviously Prodigy is another example. He's on X Factor right now. Um, that's where all of those characters should be. Don't put them back together in this school. Like anyone who was with Wolverine, Laura Wolverine, yeah, should be a full fledged X Men at this point. Agreed. I mean, if she can be, right? Why couldn't they? Okay. Um, even Pixie, like during the whole time where they had like Pixie armor, Glob and Rockslide kind of being like the four kids around in a knoll. Mm-hmm. Um, for them, it just felt weird. It's, especially when you look at someone like Pixie, who's like been of X Men. It's just right, like, yeah. how, do, how, how do we keep How we go back? To kiss? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, how do we get here again? Um, so to know that that's happening and they keep saying like, oh, you know, we can't do anything for these kids or we don't really want to put them there. But here we are, we're about to get Children of the Atom, which if you're excited for the book, that's fantastic. You know, again, yes. new characters are great. I think um, that Vita is a pretty decent writer and will tell an interesting story. But we got to show some love to the ones who are here. We do before they end up just kind of falling back into the toy chest and then we, no one ever plays with them. Cause that's the road that's going down. I feel like I actually wouldn't mind seeing them in a book altogether, but only mm-hmm. under the premise of, I kind of feel like that group of X-Men should actually be like the X-Men's young justice. I feel mm-hmm. like they should, they should be, They've graduated now. They don't need to do that whole like class thing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I feel like they should be the stars of Bishop's War College. And as like the only teachers I, or the the agents? The like agents, like the students okay. that are learning how to work with their powers together or whatever. And, I can agree with that. And and learning how their powers can work in different kind of circuits and whatever, like they were mentioning in those data pages, I think that it would be really cool to see them not only working together, but like sent out on whatever kind of X related missions that they can kind of only do together. So okay. I think, I, I think it would be really cool to see them in a book, but not as students. I think as, as like a covert X Men team. I can agree with that. Um, I think, and, and I think that would be interesting too, because so many of the kids have gone through separate things. So it would be nice to see how they kind of like come back together. Even like in X Factor, they're bringing Wind Dancer back. Um, so okay. how she'll react? She's a great character, really great character. A lot of the new X Men are great characters. They're great, okay? yeah. Like, <laughs> they are they, real, like the the stories. Academy X. If you guys have never read, you know, New X Men Academy X, New X Men by Yost and Kyle, um, Nunzio De Phillips and Christina Weir. Um, did someone else write the book? Uh, I mostly remember the. I think the, those those were the, those were the main two. Um, the Academy X era was pretty great. It was like them and the school. You know, they were doing like school dances and stuff like that. Very like high school teen drama with yeah. superpowers, and it was like it was fun. very Degrassi, but with uh, powers. <laughs> yeah, and then you know the Yost and Kyle era came, and that was also post House of M decimation. So the kids were put through hell. A bus exploded. Lots of kids died. Rest mm-hmm. in peace to Rubbermaid. Actually, she might be back alive now. She, she could be. Um, shout out you, to the writers if she is. Child, you you love to name drop the most random D-list characters. 
<laughs> Let me tell you something about Miss Rubber Maid, all right? She's everything. I'm pr- is she a Chris, a Chris Claremont original? I actually think she showed up in Extreme X-Men first. Is she? I think so. I'll have to, like, fact check that to be sure. Yeah. Um, Tweet us and let us know. Yeah, I'll be sure to do that. I'm pretty sure there were, like, there was... Um, an issue of Extreme X-Men where Claremont had that team go back to the school and they like ran into a bunch of kid mutants. There was one called Tantra. He was like an elephant and his power was basically like, it's basically like he made you orgasm. Um, And I'm pretty sure Rubbermaid was one of those students who popped up in that book. Um, So yeah, it's like, she's a Chris Claremont original. Claremazon. <laughs> She's history, okay? She's a Claremazon. You do Gosh. not. You do not. <laughs> okay, like, let's talk about it. I swear. Um, random character. <laughs> you know? And so, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I think it's time. Like, we really gotta, I don't know. I don't know what Marvel is going to do, though, when it comes to the new X-Men and actually taking them a little bit more seriously. Yeah. Again, like you see some of the kids now thriving. You see Prodigy and X Factor. You see um, Rockslide just died. Uh, Loa popped up. They pop up every now and again, but it's time to really see them like do something. And of course, you know, and to Jordan's point, of course, we don't want to completely replace some of the big X Men. I know people don't want to ever get rid of Storm. Of course not. Or Jean Grey. Um, But it's like. It'll be nice to see them interact with somebody else. It would be. I think I think it's been cool to see them look, kind of be used as like, you know, a little sprinkle and on the topping <laughs> yeah. for every book, all these books. But it's time for them to become their own meal. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think they I think they deserve to at least have some kind of actual push. And because mm-hmm. there's some there are a lot of really cool and interesting characters there that Do you have any preferences of, of like who you think should be bumped up. Oh, well, obviously Hellion. Of course. Does he still not have hands? No. And I think they need to just go ahead and get give him his hands back. No, I kind of love the no hands thing. It's It was a cool thing in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> we've moved forward, okay? <laughs> his little visual, his little floating metal hands. No, no, we've moved forward. <laughs> just give him his hands back and give him a new redesign too. <laughs> let's Let's move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see him. I'd love to see Mercury. I really liked her. She's a good one. She's really cool. Surge is dope. Uh, Shout out to Surge. I think those are, my, those are my top three of those okay. Academy X kids. Um, who else did I actually... Icarus was cool, um, but he's back now. We saw him. Uh, you I know. do love Icarus, and he's yeah. like a useful angel. Right. <laughs> like, right <laughs> like warren worthington the third is like the worst x character um just no they're much yeah. worse there's no. worse no domino there's domino not. for me is worse than him <laughs> <laughs> okay so domino is bad but like with domino you can actually put t- so like here's my thing with warren Sorry, I'm going on a quick tangent really fast. Um, here's my thing with Warren. I think Warren as a concept is just bad. He's like white privilege on the paper. Um, I think that's his point, though, right? It's but to, it's like, but it's, but it's not interesting. Who wants to read about that? Like, he doesn't do anything interesting with it aside from, like, just buy stuff. 
he's the rich yeah. guy and it's like okay and it's like your power is useless you fly okay i'm sorry you turn into a metal guy or blue guy with metal wings on occasion but then like you don't even like hit your targets with those and it's just like <laughs> you just he it's just so Ugh, he's bored and he's just like I, I can't get into him and then it's like you try and make him interesting so they do things where they make him a little bit darker or he's so angsty but it's also like you can't have angst 24 7 because then your character becomes unbearable so they have to revert him back to white privilege and nobody wants to read that yeah no not at all I experienced that in the real world <laughs> <I don't laughs> it's, it's like I don't, I don't i don't i don't care about this it's just yeah, like no. it's just i think the only way you really even make that interesting for him was the kind of hints that we saw in that empire x-men book with x corp and probably just seeing him be like a a, a white businessman you know and he's, and he's just like dumb it's <laughs> it's like when you think so you know People love the O5 or Marvel loves the O5. And it's like when you think about the original five X-Men, like everyone kind of has their thing. It's like Cyclops is the leader. Gene is the heart of the team. Um, Beast is the brains. Iceman is the funny guy, comedian, also kind of like charmer. Warren's supposed to be the rich guy, but it's like after that, okay, now everybody has money. Xavier's got yeah, money. Yeah. Uh, Emma's got money. You know, Betsy's got money. Like people have, like we have, we have other people to fill the money role. Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> what do you bring to the table? He's nice to look at. Child. I guess that's about it. <laughs> and, the, and the coin, I guess the coin to help fund X Corp. But again, like you said, Xavier got that covered now. Xavier is on nation. So yeah, it's just like, I, I, Warren as a character is just like blood. Icarus is a useful we stand. He fights also. Mm. Let's not forget when he punched Hellion, knocked him yeah. out. He did. Um, he has like the sound mimicry ability with his voice. Mm -hmm. um, he's interesting. He's a Guthrie. You know, the Guthries are a fun clan, not Husk. Is it Guthrie? Guthrie? I always pronounce it Guthrie. I say, oh, I say Guthrie. I have no Guthrie, idea. Guthrie. Tell us what you say, guys. Guthrie, yeah, for Guthrie. real. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how to say it. I don't probably say Guthrie. Um, so yeah, I like his red wings, too. They're cool. I, it's a great visual. Cool, cool visual. Yeah. Great visual. Those Academy X kids have some really great characters. It's it's time for it's, them to really get it was a good their real time. shine. It was a <laughs> yeah. good time. Like, those books are good. Like, truly, if you have never read anything with the new X-Men Academy X kids, like please go and read it immediately. If you have Marvel Unlimited, go pick it up. Or, I mean, I mean, you'll have to pick it up, it's on the app, but it's like, go dig deep into those issues. There's some really good stories that just have a lot of heart. Um, they're very emotionally taxing, you know, when Wallflower mm -hmm. got shot, Ooh. that was, wow. They, they put them kids through it. Like yeah. <laughs> the trauma, jeez, the trauma. <laughs> and you know, um, and I think I think about their time during Messiah Complex too, and like how good that was. Like they felt yeah. like really into the mix, even when they did like work together, went off and did their own thing. They were like still out there with the X. Like that's how I feel they should be right now. Um, at least a couple of them. We gotta keep them. We gotta keep them. I agree. Don't shelve them. Or Please don't go. keep killing them off. Don't leave them as cannon fodder. It's time to let, let them stick around. Yeah. Let them mentor the children of the Adam. 
<laughs> or just get rid of that book <laughs> or replace or let them replace them in that book <laughs> it just seems like such a strange concept to me yeah it's just like I mean, we're, you don't have to be we're going into this era of mutant supremacy mm. as people keep saying it you know and it's like oh yeah we're gonna let some humans pretend to be us yeah, I don't like that if they're humans. I hope that is just false information. I don't know. I don't know the details of it because I'm not really interested in it either way because I'd rather it just be the Academy X kids. But yeah, weird decisions. Weird. All right. So let's take another little break here. All right. And you then we'll come back together. for that relaunch. The relaunch. I'm excited about this one. We are back for the relaunch. All right. So I will go first this week. Um, okay. Because I guess mine's a little shorter. And I am going to do my favorite character, actually, um, in the greater Marvel, my, my number one. And that is Susan Storm Richards. Is she your number one in the like, she greater is. Marvel? She oh. is. Yes, she is. <laughs> um, yes, that means she's above uh Jean Ann Polaris she is uh, wow. I mean when you when you stop and think about it Sue is a blend of <laughs> of Jean and Polaris <laughs> so it kind of makes sense but yeah she is she's my number one there I've always been a huge fan of uh characters with potential who they recognize their potential and then they kind of go after it and I love to see her in the earlier books where her powers would kind of grow and she would know that she was kind of uh, the most powerful of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> and and she would kind of flex whenever she needed to as far as her powers were. But I also really appreciated that she, her compassion and mm-hmm. her, her care for her family, I really appreciated that. And uh, yeah, she's my number one. I mean, I could okay. I could give a background on her, but like y'all know who she is. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. she is the she's Franklin's mom. Ooh, see now, see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, she's that Franklin is, and Valeria's mom. That is right, correct. She's got two. <laughs> she's got two kids. Okay, <laughs> we we are not going to disrespect Valeria. <laughs> um, she is the only female member of the four, the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Um, she has the powers of invisibility and to create force fields. She originally uh, met Reed Richards when she was like in high school, but I hope they kind of aged that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because yeah. there's a little bit of things that are problematic there. Yeah. Um, however, they kind of touch on that where she becomes when they kind of go into her her deeper psyche and her personality, sometimes mm-hmm. she feels as though she is looked at as just like the kid of the group because her okay. her husband is older than her and everyone else is like a macho dude and she feels like everyone is kind of looking down on her even though she is more powerful. Right. Um, that was actually a story that was brought out when the, she faced probably, I think, someone you can consider as her villain is Psycho mm-hmm. Man who he, oh, okay. you, he used his uh, kind of psychic mesmeratic powers to kind of 
manipulate her and make her into malice, which funny enough, Polaris also became malice, <laughs> but it was, say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a different malice, but literally the exact same concept. Like she was taken over by this, like, Need was to... her as malice when was that when she was wearing like the skimpy Fantastic Four outfit with like that the is boob not window? that is not boob window actually oh, <laughs> that was wow. right yeah we don't like to talk about that <laughs> <laughs> Mama was having her moment you know Mama wanted to let the girls out but we we trying to we trying to move past that moment <laughs> the malice is when she was wearing that like black ripped up dress and they tried to make her look as this like kind of maleficent looking character uh, oh, this, okay. this drape these draping like dress <laughs> on her, oh, on her okay. body um and she had these like inner impulses to just kind of be evil but she ended up fighting that back or whatever and overcoming that with her her own compassion and then realizing that it's okay to to recognize your powers and lash out if you need to and that's not a bad thing okay. um it's and not to like bottle up her emotions which i think was something okay. i i can kind of relate to there and she she after after she met reed you know they became a couple they go into space they get the powers i mean everybody knows the story of the fantastic four right mm -hmm. And seen the uh, we, everybody's seen the, <laughs> the, the movies and the clips with <laughs> Jessica Alba <laughs> and them contacts. <laughs> Those contacts. <laughs> you know, in that first movie, she actually wasn't a bad Susan Storm. She, the movies were just bad. She wasn't terrible. The movies were just bad. The um, Fantastic Four are not blessed in that front. No, again, I don't have the best luck with my things. <laughs> Um, normally during this relaunch portion, I would give you the update on where she is currently, but I dropped off of Fantastic Four back in, I think, issue like maybe 22, something like that, 23. Is that far along? <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been going. Oh, wow. And Dan Slott's um, writing right now, right? Dan Slott is writing. Actually, I may have jumped off maybe earlier than that. It may have been like 17 or 18. <laughs> um, I might pick it up. I like Dan Slott. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I normally also really like Dan Slott. I didn't mind his um, Spider-Man run. I actually read a significant portion of it. I liked it. Love that. I, I, it kind of trailed off towards the end as he was like heading out and leaving out of Spider-Man, but whatever. And I also liked his superior Spider-Man run. That, that was, was, I thought that was amazing. That was really cool. But his Fantastic Four, for me, has been a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> Just, it's a lot of recycled stories and Reed being the one to figure it all out and everyone else is just there to keep the villain busy. And it's also mostly the thing, I think, uh, Dan Slott is really a big fan of The Thing and wants to People give really him love moments. The thing. I know. I'm not the biggest Thing fan. I'm kind of over the whole, oh my gosh, I'm a monster, but when will someone ever love me thing? Like, <laughs> let's move like, forward. Why are you still made of rock, sir? I think that he, at this point, it's a shame he doesn't still have control of his powers. Like, he should. Yeah. Let's, 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 you can, if he can, if Reed Richards can turn off Franklin's, Franklin's powers. <laughs> I think he should be able to fix the thing. Um, okay. But I'm sure we can go into that like much later. 
possible. So yeah, dance slot for me is like, it feels like a rehash of a whole lot of the same, this mm-hmm. kind of cyc- cyclical story or whatever, and it's not really pushing anything forward. Um, okay. You know, and I want them to be pushed forward. So that I had to get off the book. Beautiful book though. If there's one oh. thing the Fantastic Four are gonna have, it's a good artist. <laughs> mm, that is true. Great artist. I mean, they're having um, R.B. Silva come on as the main artist. I wish people starting... stopped taking artists from the X-Books. I know, I know. And to be honest, the I think he's joining with Fantastic Four number 25, I think. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I definitely jumped off way sooner than, 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 <laughs> than that. <laughs> I think he's joining with 25. And for me, with with him coming on, I might wanna, <laughs> I might wanna give yeah, the book another go. It. I know, cause I do wanna see him draw suit, but I just don't wanna read a story about like Galactus again, or like like the yeah. same uh-huh. the same kind of tired story. So normally I would give a an update on where she is now, but I'm not really reading <laughs> the Fantastic Four. I feel that. Uh, but where I would relaunch her is I would actually keep the Fantastic Four as a group, but I would take her out and make her the leader of a Defenders book. And what I would would do with that is I'd call it Defenders and I'd move them to the West Coast and I'd kind of make it like an amalgamation of that street level Defenders. Remember the all new Defenders that like the all female team? It would be like a mix of them and the old school defenders where it was like the kind of outskirty characters it was like um dr like, strange and... yeah dr strange silver surfer yeah uh, the hulk i think was also a part of that group uh but i would not put them in it but i would kind of mix those level of characters and okay. have her be the leader i okay. originally thought about having her be like the leader of an a force book which i think would be also really dope uh, yeah but I also don't always want her to just be pigeonholed as like the woman thing, you know, like I would want her to be able to, she can lead any team. What are the good Sue Storm stories? Because, so I've never hidden the fact that if there's anyone who I do not see it for, it's really the Fantastic Four. Fair. I just, I've never really got the appeal. I know everyone says they're Marvel's first family, but, and everyone's like, oh, read this, read this, read this. And I read these books and it's kind of like what you say with the slot thing. I feel like it's just a lot of the same stuff. It gets a little boring and nothing happens. And so everyone's always like, oh, read the Hickman run because that's really good. And it's like, is it good? Because it's, is it good because the Fantastic Four are interesting or is it good because it's Hickman? So it's like. I'd argue that it, it was both in his run. It was, okay. he, he made them interesting. Okay, so what would you say are the Fantastic Four stories that are interesting for Susan Storm? Hmm. That is a great question. I would probably go back and I would recommend the Conway era Fantastic Four. Uh, My favorite Fantastic Four stories aren't the big cosmic ones. It's when that stuff is happening in the background, but the foreground is the family kind of interpersonal connections that they have with each other and that kind of yeah. drama. And Literally. during the good stuff, the, the, good stuff. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the, the real meaty shit. So like uh, when in the seventies, like 
they were actually really grounding the characters with a lot of like what what normal people would kind of go through. They just and made the the superpowers kind of ancillary to them. So during that time, I would say uh, this is like issues Fantastic Four, probably 140. I would probably actually go back to like 137 through like 142, probably like okay. that. And uh, actually, no, I probably take it a little longer, probably from 137 to like 147. There's like a really oh, wow. cool, it's like a really cool arc there where you see the drama behind Reed and Sue's relationship, where- There always I, seems to be a lot of drama there. <laughs> there's, there's drama, there's drama, but there's love. And in my opinion, uh, I, I think we touched on this before. If you're going to make a relationship the biggest part of a character's story, mm-hmm. then show me the relationship. I would rather okay. you just, I want show me the whole interactions. I want to see like, everything there if if that's going to be the main parts of their story uh so <clears throat> uh, that's kind of why i would like with gene and scott like yeah. if they're gonna if they're gonna put the two of them kind of back together i would rather them show why do they want to be back together and kind of what that means for all of them yeah. because like i could we can all infer the the cute little polyamory stuff but like i would rather see the actual conversations that they have there uh agreed and, i think i think that would be a big boost to that whole storyline and actually make me care about it. Because yeah. right now it just feels like <laughs> it's just happening just so people can talk about it online. Exactly. And I felt like in the Fantastic Four, it's really easy to just bring up, you know, Reed and Sue being in love or whatever and like Sue mm-hmm. being the 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 unhappy wife and and Reed as the the cold scientist or whatever. But during this yeah. that that little run there, you really see why they butt heads and it really uh-huh. is it really is <laughs> sue checking reed's ego <laughs> it's a lot of sue being like you know hey i don't like the way you're handling this this situation uh and the run that i suggested in it is the time where reed does take franklin's powers away and mm. during that he he starts Reed to is not a nice man. He is not the greatest father. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is not. No, he is, he is not the greatest father. And uh, during during that run, he Franklin's has started to show like that he's got powers, and Sue mm-hmm. is like, uh, I think my kid is like able to move these blocks with his mind, and I think he just changed some things over here. Like he's right. he's developing his powers or whatever, and instead of embracing it, Reed would rather just fix it like it's a problem. And, or like it's a, like it's a science test, <laughs> you know, yeah. a project. Yeah, like he would rather just kind of figure out how to fix it instead of bringing that fatherly empathy that he probably should bring towards his son. And during that, mm-hmm. he turns his powers off and Reed and Sue had already been fighting <laughs> a yeah. little bit during this. <laughs> like they had already been kind of butting heads and you know, this is the first time you ever really see parents who are also superheroes. What mm-hmm. do they do with their What do they do with their kids? So during this fight that they're having, uh, they get attacked at the uh, Baxter Building, and Reed, of course, wants Sue to take Franklin and run away, and you know, mm-hmm. and go be safe. And she's like, "No, actually, 
I'm going to put a field around Franklin and I and I'm going to help fight with this fight. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just some damsel or like some thing for you to, to boss around. Right. And that was the, to be honest, that fight was, I think, the thing that tipped her over. And she was like, you know, hey, I, she ended up, you know, leaving him during that time. And oh, didn't wow. Come home. Yeah, she left him during that, didn't come home. Uh, he, she really felt like, you know, you looked at me not as your partner, but as the mother of your child. Mm. Um, and she was like, you know, I'm more than that. So I would definitely recommend that whole storyline there. She, you know, ended up serving him with some divorce papers. It was, <laughs> things were, oh, wow. things, things were getting rough <laughs> for them. And I, it's not that I wanted to see their marriage crumble. I appreciated seeing the behind the scenes of it. You the know? conflict. And the conflict there. And even if it wasn't a, a conflict to the extreme of divorce or whatever, and it was something else, I would rather just see those intimate moments rather than just being told, hey, they're together or, hey, they, they're broken up now, you know? Yeah, no, I can totally agree with that. I think that's fair when you have a relationship in comics. It's just like, why yeah. are these people together? Exactly. Um, and I think, and my other suggestion would be, obviously, the Hickman run. Uh, Sue was fantastic in that. She, again, she uh, experienced some kind of loss within within the book by Johnny mm-hmm. Johnny Storm dying in it, and yeah. her her reaction to it was so heartfelt because she was his mother. You know, yeah. Um, a part of her a part of her history is her dad is a surgeon and he tried to operate on their mother mm-hmm. and couldn't fix her. She died. He went a little nuts, ended up going to jail. He died. So the mom, I'm sorry, Seuss ended up becoming like the surrogate the mother, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so her reaction That's to losing her brother, who she raised, was really intense. And I really appreciated seeing how she felt during it. Obviously, Johnny came back, you know. Yeah. Um, as they uh, always do, this is As comics. they always do, it's comics. <laughs> but I would... I definitely recommend that Hickman era. It was, not only was it great for the Fantastic Four, it was great for Sue. Okay. So that is two Fantastic Four runs to recommend. Yes. Or also though, I would also recommend the Burn era, probably mostly that entire run during the 80s. It was a little bit better in my opinion than the Conway run because this is when they started to swap the Fantastic Four members. And actually Uh, I've been- I've been reading it recently and uh, it's part of my like back deep dive that I've been mm-hmm. doing on Marvel Unlimited and I've gotten to issues of She-Hulk being in it. And I know last yes. week I talked about how like I don't know too much about her uh, outside of the few appearances that I have seen her in yeah. and rereading these Fantastic Four books made me remember how like she is, she's fun. <laughs> she can be a lot, she, she, she can be a she lot Hulk of fun. Is that, She-Hulk is fun and um. She's a lot of fun. You know, I, I said it last week, the the burn run, even the slot run, um, I really appreciate them because, like you said, she's fun. Like, it's it feels very slice of life. And it's like, here's this woman who has this job and she just happens to turn into this green monster and, like, go on these galactic missions every now and again and do all this stuff. But she takes them yeah. a stride. And it's just, like, a really enjoyable time. Yeah, I do. I was enjoying her a lot. So I would definitely recommend that burn era in the... In the yeah. 80s. Yeah, she also, that is a time when uh, after the whole Psycho Man thing happens with her and she is no longer Malice, she mm-hmm. 
changes her name to Invisible Woman. And it was a whole moment of her accepting her darker emotions that she was during Malice, but mm-hmm. realizing that, you know, I may not be the same person who I am anymore, but I'm still strong. And I, she changed her name from Invisible Girl to the Invisible Woman. Mm-hmm. And it was this like moment of, I am a I am a figure in this team. So I would definitely recommend yeah. that. Okay. I'm here for it. I'm yes. to it. She's and I, woman. future, I would put her as leading a defender's book, <laughs> or or an A force or an A force book. I think that she should be more of a a solo star, and mm-hmm. uh, she should be more of a a solo character out and have some purpose outside of the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. She should be more like a working mom. And currently, like with the way Dan Slott is writing her, I feel like. She's how can he she's not <laughs> how can how there are so many examples currently of what it's like to be a mother uh and run a business and like be yeah. a working mom you know from beyonce oh. to any kind of like celebrity mom all these like empires that they have and they're still able to be, mo- to be mothers with these type of examples you would think that he would be like oh okay cool i can kind of work with that and maybe use that as inspiration for sue but no, we just get we the need, same. Old same we mom. need the, um, <laughs> the Real Housewives of Yancey Street. Ah, uh, I'd watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what we need. I'd watch. <laughs> okay, Miss Sue Storm, so, yeah. the Invisible Woman. Susan Storm, the Invisible Woman. All right. Okay, I'm into who it. You, who you got? Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> My relaunch character is Patsy Walker, the Hellcat. All right, Hellcat. Okay, so um, you better take I, us to the streets. Let me tell. You, okay, that's where I live. Oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> 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 um, so you know, I recently read the new Iron Man book strictly because Hellcat is in it. So Hellcat is like in the greater Marvel. You you know how I said She Hulk is my number one. Hellcat's like number three. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Yeah, she's up there. I really, really enjoy Patsy Walker. I think as a character, she is... The thing about Patsy is, like, she's always wanted to be a hero. Like, she wants to help people. Um, She just really enjoys it. And she's got this really upbeat, fun personality. Um, But throughout a lot of the stories, you kind of realize that she's really sad and depressed about a lot of stuff. Um, And that personality is kind of like a front. Like she stays happy to make sure that other people around her are happy. You know what I'm saying? And and I can kind of relate to that. You know, being the shoulder for everybody, you have to be that positive when you can't let the people fall to the side. So it's like, you got to do it. And um, she's got a long history in Marvel too. And I just think she's really fun. She started out in romance romance comics when Marvel was timely. And for those who don't know, um, timely comics was basically the corporation that was the, it was a group of corporations who put out specific media, which eventually formed into Marvel Comics. And she had the romance there and not all of the characters came through, but Patsy did. And it was, she was basically like the Archie of the time. Nice. And I didn't didn't know know she was all the way created back there. Yeah, like 1944. Miss America Magazine number two. That's the wow. first issue. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes into it. She goes, she goes there. And so she actually didn't show up as like Hellcat in the Avengers until like the 70s. 
Okay. You know what I'm yeah, during the Steve Englehart run, uh, she like guest starred in a couple of books, uh, Fantastic Four, Defenders. I want to say no, Avengers. Excuse me, no, Defenders. She guest starred in. She was in Defenders. Defenders. Yeah. yeah. Um, she became an Avenger because she was Beast's assistant, and she like just really liked heroes. She really liked helping people, so she would like accompany him on missions, and so then she ended up getting Tigra's old costume. And okay. to like it enhanced her strength and stuff like that. She wore that and like she was just like, oh no, I really like this. This is what I want to do. I want to be a hero. I want to help people. And I like, I really relate to the whole aspect of just helping people. Um, and so she becomes an Avenger. She joins the Defender. She gets some training from Moon Dragon in martial arts and a oh, lot wow. of psychic abilities. Yeah. Um, okay. But Moon Dragon eventually takes the psychic abilities away, but she kind of gets a semblance of them back. So she has her time as a hero. She ends up meeting Damien Hellstrom. They get married. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then life just kind of gets bad for her and bleak. You know, we find out that her mom actually made a deal with Mephisto to, like, give him Patsy's soul to, like, help sell the books. Her mom's kind of like a horrible mom. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is, is, is she giving Chris Jenner or is she, like, more of a terrible stage mom? terrible stage mom i feel like chris jenner actually like kind of wants to help her daughters every now and again whereas right. patsy mom is like i'm just here for myself mm, um, yeah <laughs> and so you know she goes to this time and though she actually eventually kills herself um which was like a very wow. like controversial story because again like hellcat is known for being this very positive character but it's kind of like shows you that she's not she's going through all this stuff she's positive for other people so she kills herself she's actually trapped in hell and it's actually when Hawkeye goes down there that he actually ends up freeing her from hell. She's like trapped in all these gladiator like battles in hell and Mephisto tricks Hawkeye into thinking he's bringing Mockingbird back to life because Mockingbird was dead at the time, his ex-wife. And it's actually Patsy. Um, yeah. So Hawkeye wasn't that happy about that. I was, I thought it was, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty fantastic. Um, and so she's been in a couple of things. This, since then, she was in a She-Hulk run uh, 2014. It was Charles Sewell. And basically there, She-Hulk was starting up her own law firm. And Patsy was her investigator. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, it was just a really fun run. Like Patsy had a lot of good moments. Again, it was one of those times Patsy was just down on her luck. She was like, I want to be a hero. Like she Hulk runs into her at a bar and like Patsy's just getting drunk and she's like, let's go punch some people. Like, okay. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, yeah, like it's cool. It's great. Um, she, she's had a couple mini miniseries. Uh, Catherine Amon wrote one uh, that was called, it was actually called Patsy Walker Hellcat. It came out in like 2008, I believe. Um, and it was just really nice. So that was during the era when Patsy was, it was after the first civil war and like mm. you had the registration and all that stuff like that. And Patsy was pro registration. And so she actually got assigned to be the hero of Alaska. And so like the entire mini series is basically like her protecting Alaska. And it's just like a fun little thing. And then she got another solo series, not too long after that. She Hulk book, which was written by Kate Leth and artist Brittany Williams. Um, and in that one, she Hulk had fired Patsy because her law firm was going under and damn, damn. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're right um and then Patsy actually ends up starting her own temp agency okay for super powered people oh so, that's cool uh, 
Yeah, so it's, that's it's, a cool concept. Yeah, you know, she's kind of like again, she wants to help people. She knows that these people with powers out here. She's kind of like gotten to this field where she's in a business and so all this stuff being at the law firm and so she like goes out and of course this is during the whole inhuman rage and stuff like that so like she's finding different inhumans and other superpower people bringing them in and then finding them jobs or like finding ways for them to help other people she also deals with getting the rights back to her story so what happens is the romance comics existed in the 40s and patsy's story they're real they're like actual stories in the oh, Marvel okay. universe that her mom put out there. And so one of her like rivals from high school is has the rights to those stories. And so like Patsy's trying to get them back from her also because she's like, she hates the books. She doesn't want them out there. Um, her mom exploited her. She's like, I don't want these out there. Um, and so that went on. I want to say that lasted like 12 issues or so. Um, it was very campy. Um, Kate left she made it a point that she said she wanted to kind of bring back the essence of those old romance romance comics and mix okay. them with superheroes so i know it wasn't to a lot of people's taste because it, it felt very it felt kind of young in some senses even though a lot of the stuff that patsy goes through is very adult like one of the things she deals with is she hulk being attacked by um thanos from civil war ii actually mm. that story where carol it's <laughs> some <laughs> oh my gosh that was a we're gonna re, we should reread that one day um we don't need to add that to the reading club list <laughs> nope um but you know uh i think patsy is just one of those characters she does a lot of good things she brings a lot of fun to stories she brings a lot of heart to stories i think the whole again concept of her heroism is that she just wants to help people like point blank period i don't care about anything else honestly if i was just like in a super suit building houses somewhere she'd probably be okay with that you know what i'm saying and it's like that's something that i really appreciate for her character um so one of the other things about her is because of her time with hellstrom and like being trapped in hell and things like that she has kind of a connection to the supernatural she can like sense magic and things like that and so with all of that said um my relaunch is a new hellcat book and it mm. would be Hellcat and the Howling Commandos. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm, not, I'm listening uh, now. Uh, Let's uh, make it up. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, so for those who don't know, the Howling Commandos was a team that, you know, ran around with Nick Fury back in the day. They've had a couple of different iterations in comics over time. Um, did he have some during his, what was the group he had with like Yo-Yo and Quake and all of them? Was that the Secret Warriors? Secret Warriors, yeah. Um, He had like a version of them. They also had their own book where they kind of turned into like a supernatural team. They were working for Stake, which is basically a subdivision of Strike focused solely on magic stuff. And so- That's a cool cool name. I don't think I ever knew that existed. Yeah, it was a really interesting book. I I honestly can't think of the writer right now. Um, But I remember I read a couple of issues and it was pretty decent. I, it, it was very niche cast, very like D through Z list characters, Dum Dum Dugan, Man Thing, um, a Nick Fury LMD, some stuff like that. But basically I would kind of take a little bit of that concept and mix it with Patsy, especially since she has that supernatural history. Um, and in this book, they would kind of be like a supernatural investigative team. You know, you take a little bit of her time as an investigator with She-Hulk, you have 
you know, her having this connection of all these other heroes as temp agency, like with her temp agency that she did, and she's moving to all these different worlds. Um, and because of the character that Patsy is, you kind of make the book like Nancy Drew meets Supernatural, almost. Okay, okay. Um, so it's like you can still add that fun in there, but you still get the mystery, you still get the investigations, you still get like your monsters and your ghouls and uh, weird crime. I think weird crime is such a really interesting concept. It was one that Warren Ellis kind of did during his Moon Knight run, where he just introduced these really cool concepts of like the villains like there was this one guy it was like a fungus that was basically um making people see horrible visions and things like that oh, wow. and but it was like coming from this guy's dead body like he he had powers and he died and his body was like decaying and so like that was the result of it and so it's like stuff like that um that's interesting punching, punching ghosts and things like that and so you kind of put hellcat into that realm especially since she has the history uh, Hellstrom, Mephisto, her own experiences. And it's like Ghostbusters kind of thing, you know? And I think she would work really well in there because, again, she has some leadership potential when she was running that temp agency. She ran it. She put people in places. Uh, I think it's interesting to put her with characters who you don't normally see her with. I would like, oh, one of the characters who I put on that book is Ares. Ares would come back for that. Really? Okay. I love Aries. Okay. Of Aries. course you do. <laughs> of course I do. You know, it's just like it's just like, you know, Aries. He is the one there for me. Um, he needs to come back. Also, really quick, it, during the Dark Rain era, Karen Gillen wrote an Aries miniseries. Mm-hmm. Pick it up. It's only three issues. Fantastic. Immaculate. I remember when all I remember from that was that era was him ripping Century in half. No, I'm sorry, <sighs> Century ripping him in half. Yeah, that was not fun. That was, <laughs> <laughs> That's all I remember about Aries was getting ripped in half by Century. <laughs> yeah, that was that was not a fun time, and I don't think he's been back since. Nope. <laughs> wow. Century has said goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that would be cool to bring him back in that in that way with like yeah the occult probably and like the Howling Commandos. Yeah. Would you, you keep him, that same Howling Commando team or would you just? I would probably. Sw- I mean, I would probably keep a couple of people. Like I think Man Thing's pretty cool, so I keep him on the team. I, I think I'd mix it up, put maybe like some slightly more popular characters on there. I think there's a lot that have been, you know, even pulled from some of like the defenders um, yeah. that have existed. Because again, like that ties into kind of Patsy's time as a defender. And uh, again, she is one that just has a lot of reach in the Marvel universe. She's a Marvel diva. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Marvel divas, Sex in the City, yep, yep. the Marvel Girls. That was uh, Patsy Walker, Monica Rambeau, Felicia, Black Cat, and Firestar. Um, mm-hmm. and they had like a really good time there. And uh, again, in that book, we even had some stuff where Patsy dealt with Hellstrom in the occult because he was mad. She had just put out a book about her life and he didn't like what she wrote about him. Or I'm sorry that he wasn't in the book actually. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> so he was like harassing her and he was just like, and she's just like, you're doing all this to me. She's like, you're not even in the book. And he just kind of looks at her and he's like, yeah, I know that's the problem. And she's like, oh my God, seriously. Wow. Um, and so uh, I, again, like I'm, I'm, I'm a street level guy. I love when some supernatural magic type stuff can get worked into a story for like an urban fantasy type of setting. I think a lot of stories do it well. And I think 
it's a avenue that Patsy would be really good in. She brings the fun to the horror. All right, I like that. I think it'll be interesting. You know, I, th- I think it's, and I think the Howling Commandos is just a really cool concept. Um, what it has evolved from, from what it originally was, I think it's like super cool. And I wish it was one of those things that Marvel like really kind of pushed back out there a lot more. Wow, Patsy Walker Hellcat. And the Howling right. Commandos. And the Howling Commandos. I'm into it. You, you definitely just taught me something. You know, I don't normally get down there in the streets, but I... Uh... You got to come down. It's fun. <laughs> I might you, have man. to. It's, it's just like, <laughs> we, got, we got some winners over here. Okay? I, I might have to. You, you keep winning uh, down there, so I might have to. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to ditch the flight and just come on down. Just, like, just come damn. On down. I mean, you can fly on the street, too. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I might have to, you know, <laughs> trade the powers in for uh, martial arts and a sword, cause <laughs> right. It's um, you know, I mean, I, the powers are cool too. I think when the, I think my thing with the powers is that it can get, it can get a little too big sometimes. Yeah, I that's think when, um, that's when I that's when I usually clock out if it gets to be too big. And I think that's my thing with you and powers. You're very power with a cap. Yep, those are my favorite kinds. It's like you don't want god killers and world destroyers. You want like I'm powerful, like I can lift. I'm super strong, but only fifty tons. <laughs> yes, yes. Like I, I love Carol, and as 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 powerful as they try to make her out to be in the MCU, in the comics, like her base, they have a standard for her. Like, yeah. hey, she can only lift like 74 tons and then like when she's in binary that like doubles or whatever like that mm-hmm. makes sense to me but when you start throwing like sons at each other and <laughs> and, and breaking worlds and stuff it's <laughs> i can't do all of that <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what's the point it's like why are you and you know speaking of marvel divas and that little group monica rambo spectrum yes is a character i think kind of falls into that problem sometimes too yeah. um I feel like she's been depowered recently, but I, I especially remember during like that whole kind of like Secret Wars era, right before all of that stuff, she was in a lot of books. Ultimates, Al Ewing, shout out to that, you know, and it's just Monica, like she's she's super strong. I, I'll never forget during Civil War II, there was a um, tie-in during the Ultimates and like Spectrum said something about how she should have turned into light and like went through Thanos' retina. And it's just like, why are you that strong? (laughs) What? It's just like, it's like go through his retina and like go through his brain and kill. It's just like, why? Like, why? Why why is anybody else here? Yeah, if you can do all of that, then what's the point? Like, why why are we here? Um, So I I, I get it. I get wanting powerful, but like, you definitely need a cat. Yeah. Maybe I need to just go ahead and come on down to the streets because that Patsy you Walker should. book sounds great. <laughs> Thank you. I, I um, it's been on my mind pretty heavy for a while, especially after I read that Iron Man book and like I just Patsy hasn't been in a book in a while, and um, like seeing her character again, like the fun, the maturity of it, like kind of knowing where she is and like she's in a spot right now where she's helping Iron Man, of course, kind of come to terms with where he is again in life and like just his this is relaunch friend. book, right? This his is his relaunch book. Um, if you're a fan of Iron Man, I 
I would say pick it up. I read the first issue. I'm I'm not huge on like technological characters like that. Um, so I read the issue and it's it's very much a back to basics approach to Iron Man. I think I said that already. So if I don't know if that's what people want from him. I am not the biggest Iron Man fan, so you asking the wrong bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Patsy agrees the book though. And like she and she and she's featured prominently in it. And so I really enjoyed the way the writer wrote her. Um so I would actually probably keep them on for that Howling Commandos book. Okay, so I guess that brings us to the end of the show. That um, I hope you guys enjoyed. You can reach us at another relaunch on Twitter, also at another relaunch at gmail.com if you want to send us any kind of feedback, questions, concerns. Mm-hmm. And shout out to everyone for listening to episode one and like the love yeah. that we got on that. That was like super overwhelming and nice. That um, was really dope. I love that. That was really, I did, was un, not expecting that at all. <laughs> yeah, you know, again, like LZ and I kind of, we've been doing this for a while where he and I just like call each other and talk about comic books and sharing that with other people and like having yeah. interaction is great. It's, it's dope. Like, I hope like I hope it, you guys are loving this as much as we are doing again, this. So. <laughs> you might hear us a lot of times say like, I don't like this or we don't know about characters, but it's like, we actually <laughs> loved it. <laughs> yeah, we love all of it. So <laughs> uh, yeah, and you can you can reach me at Uncanny LZ on most uh, social media platforms. Where can they find you, Kenan? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Keenan Lance with an underscore at the end. You can find me on IG at Million Dollar Madman. Yes, I still love that. And I, think those, you know, <laughs> I think those are my only social media accounts. I don't have a Tumblr anymore. I deleted that. RIP. They got rid of the porn, and so everybody kind of ran. Everybody bounced. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, guys. thanks so much, y'all, for listening, and see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Peace.